1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hey, it's Wilfred And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in. My name is Ben. I write some videos for our website, howstuffworks.com, and as always,
1: I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at howstuffworks.com. Ben, yes sir. I got a question for you. Good. Preventative maintenance. Do you uh, do you partake in preventative maintenance on a regular basis or do you uh, do you just kind of let it go? It, there I guess there's two, preventative, mm-hmm.
0: reactive. Oh, okay. You're talking about cars? Cars. Oh, good. All right. Not body. Okay. Yeah. Or car body. Or my lava lamp collection. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, uh, actually, (laughs) I try to stay um, up to date on that. Uh, I do keep a little bit of a schedule, you know, and I do change my oil when it's time to change it. Mm -hmm. It bothers me if a light goes out, you know, little stuff like that. Um, I probably could be better at some things, but I definitely do preventative maintenance because to me it's a lot easier than any kind of reactive maintenance and cheaper usually cheaper and cheaper oh and that's what we're talking about yeah
1: it's almost always cheaper yeah. to be on the preventative side of things than it is on the reactive side of things what about you
0: scott uh,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> some things preventative some things reactive i i'll admit um what do they say about the cobbler's kid he has no shoes or something like that. oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know that um you know, the, the roofer, he's got holes in his roof at home, yeah. you know, whatever. Similar idea with me that, um, <laughs> right now I have two bald tires on my car. My brakes need to be repaired. No. My really? suspension is shot. I mean, totally gone. Oh. Um I probably need a clutch. I know I need a timing belt. Um, I've got a ton of things that are just piling up. You know, it seems like week after week, and this is all true, really. Yeah. But I do keep up on some of the other things. I keep up on the air filter. I keep up and make sure that my spark plugs are changed regularly. I, I do the oil changes. Um, I make sure all the fluids are topped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some things, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's cost or just time, a lot of things slip through, and then I eventually get to them, and sometimes they have to be reactive fixes. In the case of, like, a timing belt, I'm hoping that it's not reactive because that adds about, thousand dollars to the bill yeah um yeah. if if it's a tire that's bad news because you know it can blow out on the road mm-hmm. uh so you don't want to be reactive on that you want to be proactive on tire repair or replacement mm-hmm. um a lot of things i mean you'll find that it's just cheaper for you and a lot um a lot easier when you can schedule that repair yeah versus having to you know spend a day away from work or school or whatever mm-hmm. um and then try to find a way to get your car from wherever it broke down yeah to the dealership or or the repair center um, it just becomes a nightmare.
0: Yeah, having that unexpected field trip on the side of wherever your car breaks down on the side <laughs> yeah, of the road right. <laughs> is is never, never a fun I, time. I,
1: I had, we, I've mentioned this a couple times. I, I had a British car for a while. Oh yeah, I yeah. Had this MG, and I remember one comment that someone wrote is that you know you don't don't ever be too confident or too cocky in your in your British car when you're on the road because at any point you could become a pedestrian. <laughs> um, and, and that's so true because there were a lot of points where I became just somebody standing on the side of the road. Really? You know, trying to figure out how I'm going to fix this to get it home. So more than once. Exactly. And that, not just mm-hmm. that car, to be fair. it was mm-hmm. uh, I've had, you know, all sorts of cars. And a lot of times I end up, you know, walking to the nearest, mm-hmm. you know, service station to figure out how I'm going to get my car home. I've got three
0: rules that really dovetail well with this. Okay. Okay. First off, we have to admit, at some point... Your car, whether or not you love or hate cars, will have to be repaired. And secondly, it's going to happen when you're in a hurry. Yeah. It never happens when you're just cruising on Murphy, Sunday. Murphy's Law. Yeah, Murphy's Law. Mm-hmm. I mean, Murphy must have been an unhappy character. But uh, <laughs> the the third thing is that it's going to be more expensive to do reactive stuff than to do preventative and we have we've both mentioned this but maybe a good example would be uh, brakes for instance. Not to get too personal oh, on that. Oh yeah.
1: No, I, I fully understand. You the know what I'm talking of, about though. Yeah, I do. Uh, brakes get increasingly expensive as time goes on. Um, the more you the more you put it off the the more they cost uh, yeah. because you're you're starting to wear out hardware versus uh, the disposable parts which are just the pads right when you and, start to
0: get to the rotors oh mine aren't
1: mine aren't nearly that bad they're just okay. getting they're getting worn and i know yeah. the difference i know i know that you know when i absolutely have to go yeah. Yeah. and i probably would have done it already see i'm making excuses right now Don't so you're so smi- bad, you're man. smiling at me but I was, i'll you're... make all the excuses you know like yeah. I, I should have done it this weekend but uh, something got in the way you know i right. had something right. else to do um but I do know the difference between when you absolutely have to go in, and and when you've got a little bit of time left, and sure. uh, you know <laughs> something like my timing belt, I absolutely have to go in. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's better just to cough up the you know four or five hundred bucks or whatever it costs, right? Uh, before you have to cough up fifteen hundred dollars, it mm-hmm. just makes good economic sense.
0: Or before you get to the point where you just have to buy a new car. True. True. Because that that can happen, especially with older cars that need extensive repairs sometimes you know what what's the rule uh you know if you have a car that's worth five thousand mm-hmm. dollars and you have a repair that's worth that cost you know four thousand dollars, you really start to become involved with yeah that's true with the math and and you start to look at the new car yeah, like market.
1: do i sp- do i spend uh do I spend four thousand to repair it? Knowing that I will only get five thousand out of it, maybe right, uh, n- maybe not even likely at that point, right? Especially um, if it's blue book or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Exactly. So yeah. Uh, I don't know.
0: There's a there's a balancing game. I have brought a list. Do you oh, want to hear it? God, I love list. Bring it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is a list from CarCare.org, and I'll be. I'm just going to fly through it, Scott. It's a service interval schedule because we were thinking when we were talking about this earlier that we would try to really underline how important preventative maintenance is for any vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um so there are things that you should check monthly. There are things that you should check every three months or three thousand miles, six months, six thousand miles, nine months and twelve months and so on. Okay. Um That's a long list by the way. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, I know. That's everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit some uh some specific some greatest hits if you will. Oh okay. 'Cause I have some questions for you about them. So oh every uh every month um there should be just routine cleaning lights checking the tire inflation and condition which i am very bad about because it does make a huge difference mm-hmm. especially with the weather shifts that we have in yeah. atlanta but i dude i'm so bad about it yeah the air
1: pressure will go up or down depending on the temperature
0: yeah and uh that kills your fuel economy it really does <laughs> that's i mean i know i'm wrong for yeah, it yeah. i'm just kind of saying this so i can i can Get us both to a point where we can admit our own preventative maintenance mistakes, <laughs> and I'll tell you, it did cost me more money in the long run because I ended up paying more for gas, and uh, I popped a tire. Yeah, yeah, so. that's
1: another downside of that is that uh, your tires are in bad condition when you corner, mm-hmm. um, it kind of wears out the sidewall that becomes hot and can be, you know, can actually explode. Right. Um, so you're kind of in danger if you leave your tires, at, you know, exceptionally low pressure. Um, and you're susceptible if you hit a, a pothole. Which yes. We're now getting here in Atlanta an awful lot of potholes with the weather that we've had. Mm. Um, other parts of the country, they're all over the place. And if you have low air pressure, uh, you can you can bend a rim, which then allows air to escape through the mm. through the sidewall of the tire, which is terrible news, by the way.
0: I um, I agree with you, and I would like to say that I didn't know what I was doing when this happened, but the unfortunate uh, truth uh, is I was uh, all too aware. Ah,
1: uh, come on, make up some excuses like me. I fun.
0: actually, I've got this one for you. We talked about this before. Engine oil, every three thousand miles, every not, three months. Not for me. Not for you. Not
1: for me. I do it every five.
0: See, you're living on the edge, man. Yeah, I am. You're kind of yeah dangerous. I feel dangerous. That's cool. I, we're friends though, so <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it.
1: And I'm thinking about switching to synthetic, which would oh. extend that even more. So I'd be uh, I'd be capable of going further mm-hmm. because that that greatly extends uh, the, the time interval
0: and the distance interval. And to keep it on the, um, to keep it on the up and up, to maintain this engine, um, that's a really important point. The difference in between engine oil, mm-hmm. yeah, you know?
1: yeah. Yep. You've got different life expectancies for each type mm-hmm. of oil, and even different makes of vehicle. If you check the um, owner's manual, they're going to tell you different uh, different service intervals for all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. um, the oil change, you may find that your manufacturer recommends every. Seven thousand five hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, check the owner's manual to make sure. But um, you know, others others recommend five thousand. Others may recommend fifty five hundred. It depends. It really depends on the the engine that you have. You know, the the that uh, it's the stresses that it's put under. If it's yeah. a turbo engine versus a, a standard.
0: But you know, change it, change it, change, yeah, change to. it. Yeah, definitely change it. Don't to. don't let it go. What what's gonna happen if you let it go? If you <laughs> bad bad stuff will happen, Ben. Yeah. I don't want to go into too too
1: much because I've had this happen as well. Not not my fault this is right. a heat issue with a, a a cool it's the same thing really yeah um never mind Never let's mind. Just, yeah okay, let's go moving on. On, moving on bad 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 things bad happen things. to your engine when okay. you when you
0: neglect the oil and you guys know me so i associate bad with being expensive yeah. mine, mine was more
1: that. of a heat issue that mm-hmm. uh destroyed it but
0: yeah what, what about power steering fluid every six months they sorry say nope, yeah
1: nope i've uh, never I, never completely replaced mine
0: I don't think about that i i don't i just don't notice it unless if i had some issue Mm -hmm. and i I so very rarely do in most places when you take your car in for any kind of work uh most mechanics will check all the fluids and take care of those Mm -hmm. automatically
1: yeah but that's just topping them off that's not necessarily right it's not a flush or anything it's important to know too because some people think they get something serviced or topped off and that's good enough but uh, after a certain interval that fluid becomes ineffective and Mm. you need to have it removed, flushed, and replaced, or mm-hmm. just removed and replaced, I don't know, it depends on what the system is, but uh, like the power steering fluid that you mentioned, Yeah. you know, if you're having other work done that, you know, involves that, let's say the pump goes bad, or a line goes bad, of course you're going to want to have your, your system flushed out and, and replaced with new fluid, so, you know, if it doesn't just do it itself, it does just flush right. it onto your, uh, your garage floor um but yeah it's important to to remember that you need new fluid as well not just not just keep that fluid topped off that's important in the in the meantime but
0: mm-hmm. um replace it now i don't want to go down this whole list because i think a lot of these things will be the same and mm-hmm. it's pretty it's a pretty detailed list yeah. uh listeners you guys can check it out carcare.org but uh i just i just wanted to see that because i hear different numbers for these things
1: okay understood yeah, yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of service interval type stuff that happens Mm -hmm. that people look at the cost and they assume that that's a lot of money uh for you know at 30,000 miles you need this at Mm -hmm. 60,000 you need that 90,000 etc um there's a reason all that's in place and that's because the manufacturer has deemed that um you know we know that at a certain point that the, the rubber in that timing belt is going to begin to degrade. Ah,
0: yeah. um,
1: and based on your climate, you know, you may be in a climate that, that is more apt to make it degrade a little faster. Mm, like really uh, so, humid, hot yeah, exactly. Climate. So they, they err on the side of caution in saying at 60,000 we want you to do this versus you could push it to 100,000 mm-hmm. because that's the, the furthest we've seen them last but we don't recommend it because then it becomes all that much more expensive and you damage your engine. Yeah. So there's a lot of issues like that where you need to understand that, yeah, it's they're telling you to do a lot of things. And I, I know that you know a, a major milestone uh, service, I don't know, like an entire service yeah. package, I guess. It's basically
0: a physical for your is, car. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's it's expensive, but um, if you look at what they're giving you and the, and mm. the value that, that that adds to your vehicle or your driving experience, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's probably worth it.
0: I think so. Um, and yeah. What do you got? Well, I had a couple of things here. All right. Let's see where to begin here because
1: I've had I've had a couple of cars that have killed me on reactive maintenance, but um, I think I've mentioned one in the past. I okay. had an I had an Audi A4.
0: Oh, you have mentioned and, the Audi. Okay, before.
1: It, it it that's one where. Reactive maintenance got me, but I was also doing preventative maintenance along the way It was like Mm. one thing was reactive, but along the way and the reason I'm mentioning this again Is because this one had a combination of both and they they ended up being very expensive and that was the reason I got
0: rid of it is that Uh, maintenance charges killed me not Uh, not the uh, cheapest car to own
1: um, you know what? It was good for a long, long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It got to the point where, um, the, the final year I ended up paying something like $11,000 in maintenance wow. uh, in repair, just maintenance on the final year, not including payments and all that. It was just the maintenance. And some of that, like I said, was reactive. Some of it was preventative. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I had, um, I, had, so I was, let's say I was having some engine work done. Um, I had a timing belt that was slipping. It had slipped, a, uh, um, slipped a, a notch mm-hmm. um, which is unique i mean if it had slipped any more it probably would have done a lot of damage but so i was lucky in that case it was loose um while i was in there it was it was cheap to have them also do the head gasket at sure. the same time because they had already torn into the car to that certain point and it would be much cheaper for them to do you know a 200 hundred dollar head gasket job versus waiting coming back having them do the same amount of work to get to that point
0: do the head yeah. gasket
1: job and then, you know, build the car back up again because this was a, a deep repair. Yeah. Um, and a lot of things went along with that. There was also, um, I think, there was a coolant pump that went into it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of little parts along the way. But um, again, these are like this ended up costing me like three thousand bucks or more. Wow. Um, because I had the the timing belt done, but I was also having this preventative stuff done at a relatively low cost compared to what it would have been if I'd waited two months and something had failed. Yeah. So, um there's a balance, again, like they said, balancing act, you just have to decide what's what's it worth to you. Um and then of course the rest were just, you know, after I'm hit with that, the rest were mostly reactive.
0: Uh yeah. And I don't know. Sometimes you get overtaken by events. But, you know.
1: And this is where this ties in. So I I I'm going somewhere with this. Tie it together. All right. Let's see, how do I want to begin this? Because the same shop that I used to take my Audi to, hmm one day and this is a German automotive place. Um they had a Ferrari Testarossa in the lot one day when I was there. And I was intrigued by that because there's yeah. an Italian motor, right, yeah. in a German motor's place. So I asked him a little bit about it, and he was telling me that it was just in for routine service, and he told me what that entailed. And this happened a long time ago, but, and I don't have the numbers straight on this, so I'm, okay. I'm going I'm to let that go for now, but just keep that in the back of your mind. All right. So this weekend, things that I see around town. You know, things Scott sees, yeah, things I see. Stuff Scott sees, I yeah. think we said. There's a Ferrari dealership not far from my house, a few miles, mm-hmm. and was driving by, and what caught my eye was a Ferrari Testarossa. Pretty rare to see it. This dealership has all new Ferraris and you know Maseratis, things like that. They're all parked outside, beautiful cars. They had this older Testarossa parked outside, which you don't see, you know, no. see that very often anymore. Not not all that often. um So I thought it was interesting. You know, I just kind of made mental note of it that it was there and and went on my way it's been there it'd been there for a couple of days so i'm guessing it was in for maintenance i'm I'm guessing looked in good shape all right i know this is a whining story here we go i picked up automobile magazine the other day this is the third part of the story this is where it all comes together this is the trilogy promise me promise (laughs) i promise you rather (laughs) not promise me So I'm going to read this article about uh, the top 10 Porsches of all time, right? Yeah. I get sidetracked because there's a photo of a Ferrari Testarossa.
0: This thing is like following you around. Exactly.
1: I'm thinking, this is strange. You know, I see this here. So and you don't see that again very often. So I I looked at that article first. And it was about driving and maintaining a Ferrari Testarossa, which I thought was fitting for what we're talking about today. Yeah. See, it's coming together. It is. And this... Article. Besides all the other interesting information that it had together, it had some of the um, preventive maintenance that you have to do if you own a Ferrari. Oh, let me know. This. Uh, so this is a nineteen ninety Ferrari Testarossa. And this article is by Jason um, Camisa. I think is his name.
0: Camisa. Yeah. Okay. If I blew that, that's okay. I mean. Sorry, Mr. Camisa. Yeah, exactly.
1: But it was an automobile magazine, the March two thousand and ten mm. issue. You can look it up if you want. But. Um, and and don't think it's too outlandish for me to be talking about this car. It's an expensive car. Don't get me wrong. It's right. a Ferrari, but the original price in 1986 was 102,000. It's now down to you can you can buy a used Testarossa for around 35 to 60,000 dollars. Really, that's yeah.
0: much less than I would have thought. Puts it in the
1: range of a uh, you know if you're going to buy a toy like this, yeah, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. However, there's a there's a price point. And I noticed this when I was looking at, at um, used ones online just because I was interested yeah there's a around a 30,000 mile mark where there's a, a definite price difference in this and that's why the range goes from 35 to 60 I believe the ones that are on the top end of this have had this 30,000 mile service and I guess it's every 30,000 miles and okay. there's a minor service in between as well but the 30,000 service involves changing the timing belts and the timing belts in a Ferrari Testarossa. They're, they're, remember, this is a this is a mid-mounted twelve-cylinder engine that has forty-eight valves.
0: I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it might be a little complicated. It's complicated, <laughs> to say the least. It, revolves taking the engine, it involves
1: taking the engine out of the vehicle. What really exactly? And when I when I remember back to that that see here we go again back to go. German Motors. Yeah. When he said that he had the um, the car in there for routine maintenance. He told me that he was doing something with the engine it was just routine maintenance but i believe and i'm I'm, again sketchy memory here but i think he told me that he had to take all of the body work off of the vehicle to remove the engine in order to do the the timing belt service that may or may not be true i don't know if he could drop it down below i think he said it was just easier in his case because he had the setup for it yeah to take the body work completely off of the car there were four or five points he had to release to do this it wasn't a big deal really according to him. Right. Um, you can take the you can take the bodywork right off the thing. Take the engine out, repair the thing and then put it all back together again. So that's a that's a routine maintenance and that's done at 30,000 miles on on a Ferrari. Every 30,000 on, on a Testarossa. Oh. Now, I know someone's going to, you know, say that's not true you don't have to do that, but that's what I'm getting is this this right. 30,000 mark or every 5 years, either one, either one that comes first because, you know, part degradation.
0: That's like the recommended benchmark. Exactly.
1: The caught now that's a major service, and I've seen a lot lower end on this that, that's okay. right around three thousand dollars for that service.
0: Guess that's what the, the high end, lower of this end?
1: is. Lower end, yeah. You want to guess the high end of this? No,
0: uh, <laughs> six thousand dollars. Pretty good guess, pretty yeah. good
1: guess. Right around eight thousand dollars is really? what you'll pay to have the engine taken out, seals, all you know, all that stuff taken I care of at the I same would time. Pay $8,
0: 000,
1: all these, all these, uh, all these timing belts replaced. I guess I don't I think there are four timing yeah. belts, I believe. So, anyways, you're you're paying eight thousand dollars every five years or thirty thousand miles, which isn't really that often. I know you just drive it on the weekends or whatever. Right, but right, In between that, there's also a minor service that that costs about half that much. So, in between the the thirty thousand, there's another minor service that's right around four thousand dollars. But they say that if you don't do that, if you don't do the, uh, the the major service at the at the scheduled time, if you do break a timing belt you're, while you're driving or the engine's running and it hits the valves which is the danger in any car. Yeah. Almost any car. Um you will and the, and this is the author's quote. It will cost about as much as a small uh midwestern
0: house to fix it. Yeah, to fix it because oh, but okay. but
1: I don't know what that means exactly. A small midwestern house. I mean, what do you, what do you put that at?
0: I fifty thousand, sixty thousand. It really also depends on know. what the house price are. <laughs> exactly,
1: today. but that gives you an idea that this thing yeah. is, uh, and it's an expensive repair if you don't do the preventative maintenance. Now mm-hmm. that's an extreme case, but you get the point. And it I, carries I,
0: down all it, the way down to our Monte Carlos. Ex- and exactly.
1: I I told yeah. you about mine. It's like about six hundred bucks to do it on yeah. my own. If I if I wait, it could cost me as much as a thousand dollars more than that for a valve job.
0: Let's see, word to the wise, you guys yeah i i, I really <clears throat> i have to say i became a convert to the discipline of preventative maintenance when i really had to start taking care of a car myself mm-hmm. you know when i wasn't just borrowing the family car because mm-hmm. it's easy to just say i'll just change the oil It'll be, <laughs> yeah sure my parents won't know sure yeah but uh it's definitely it's worth the time it's worth um you know a little bit of inconvenience right oh if yeah, you don't like cars if you like cars then you know you should be hanging out with us uh, under the hood every weekend or something hang out know? with your car hang out with your car Go in the garage spend some time with it yeah become friends become friends that's right we have some listener mail from some friends
1: all right Ben so we have a uh, we have a note here from a listener named Katie okay and Katie um, we're, we're guessing Katie is possibly from Ohio you say right yeah, yeah. Okay, that just based on the area code from the phone number that right, she gave right. here. We don't have any other information, but Katie, 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 Katie. Here we go. She says, "I'm sort of a fan of
0: the show." That's well, how she starts out. That's awesome. We're <laughs> sort of really glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of a fan of the show.
1: I listen to your driving pet peeves podcast, and I had to comment on the last pet peeve: uh, cars not at the fr- cars not at the front of the line at the red light, trying to move even when the car is in front. Of- the cars in front of them don't move. So in okay. other words, remember I said, don't honk your horn immediately. Right. Everybody can't move all at one time. It takes progression. Yes. Number one, number two, number three has to go, et cetera. Yes,
0: I remember that. <laughs>
1: Katie, Katie says she has to respond to this because she's the driver that's at the back honking, I guess. Oh, wow. She is the one that says, I don't understand why they don't why every car doesn't immediately start moving when the light turns green. Uh, if you're behind the wheel, your your focus should be on driving. That's it. What else are you doing at the red light? As soon as the light turns green, everybody in that line needs to keep going. I'm paraphrasing now at this point. But yeah. she says that what are they doing? Why is there a delay? Why is everybody not moving except me?
0: That's f- actually that's pretty fair, that point about everyone oh, should be focused on driving. I
1: agree with that. But, Ben, how yeah. yeah. oh, this th- – sorry, Katie. This is making my blood boil a little bit here because this is th- – Honking honking the horn at the back of the line does no good because everybody can't simultaneously move. It's it, does, sure. it just doesn't work like that. And I understand it's frustrating to wait for the delay. Mm-hmm. That you know, the, like we just said, car one has to go, car two has to go, car three has to go. And by the time it gets back to the sixth car in line, yeah, the delay may be 20 seconds. And then you know, of course, you may be the next one caught at the red light, depending on how long it is. It's frustrating, I know, but that's just the way things work, and that's the way you you cannot all begin at once unless you're, you know, like if you're looking at the, the beginning of a Formula One race. Right. Everybody goes at once right when the red light starts, and that's the way it works. Um, races often start that way if it's a dead standstill. Um, but, yeah, look at Formula One film. That's the way they all start.
0: I just, I, the reason that I can say I see what she's saying, and I also see your point as well, because obviously people aren't professional drivers, and obviously people are going to be from out of town or unfamiliar with the territory, or mm-hmm. as Katie pointed out, they're not going to be paying attention. Yeah. But there is also, there has to be that delay as people are accelerating and waiting to accelerate. You know, two, what, what is it? Two uh, objects cannot occupy yeah. the same space Yeah, at exactly, once. because let's say that you're in
1: a, uh, you're in a I don't know, Honda Civic like mine. Right. And the car in front of you is a... Um, Uh, model t ford model t my car is likely going to be able to accelerate a little bit quicker than that model t or get rolling a little bit faster you don't know what speed that vehicle in front of you is going to be going. And those are true to, mm-hmm. like that's an extreme example. Or like Let's those say,
0: older diesel cars even that take a long time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, the
1: older ones that take a long time to get, yeah. to get started, you know, to, to get rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah you're going to find that everybody has a different, uh, different rate that they're, they're comfortable leaving that, mm-hmm. that stoplight at. And not only that, you want to leave a little bit of space in between. That's important.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, well, Katie, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I'm, I'm sort of, On the fence uh, with you guys on this because I would like to defend myself, though, if I ever take too long getting getting a move on at the green light. It's usually in Atlanta. It's usually because somebody is not all the way in or out of a lane they're supposed to be in. And I have to wait. For that brilliant, brilliant gentleman to to figure out if he's going to go left or not. You know, it's a pretty important decision to him. I see. Oh, and we'll do that thing where they swing out to the right into the other lane oh. when they're going to take a see, left. We're adding more pet peeves. Yeah, all who the time. are they? I'm just saying, who are they, Scott? Who do they think they are?
1: <laughs> it's okay if you're wrong most of the time. Ben. Yeah. But
0: anyways. Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry.
1: Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I understand Katie's point of view here. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I get it, but there's just a reason that, that everybody can't accelerate away from a light mm-hmm. at the exact same time. It just doesn't yeah. work that way. So I don't mean to you know be sarcastic about it or whatever. I really don't. But it just it just cannot work that way. It it, it will not work that way. <laughs> Everybody would have to be on a track and spaced the exact same way. That's that's the only way it could work. Like if it was like a roller coaster situation, yeah. where everybody's cars are connected together or connected to a track. You know, mm-hmm. like these uh, these driverless roads that we talk about. sometimes. That might, yeah, maybe but one day. That's that's about the only way that that would ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have these vehicles that are capable of still bumping into each other is just not going to happen.
0: Man, we got to get out of here now. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time. Sorry about the uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm sorry about the blah, blah, blah. Hopefully listeners aren't. Hopefully they enjoyed it. (laughs) And on the off chance that you did, uh, why don't you guys send us an email with a uh, suggestion for an upcoming topic, maybe if you have a preventative maintenance horror story or a story with a happy ending, we'd love to hear it. As always, our web s- or our email address is highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com
0: homepage. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and
1: all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through.